the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Bud Elliott, that's Danny Cannell, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook Network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe, smash that like, come and join us in the chat. If you are watching live, definitely hit that like because we are looking to give away more paramount plus 30 day free trials that your opportunity to spend some of this holiday weekend taking in a mountain of entertainment uh, of course available on paramount plus go ahead and get those likes up we will set a goal a little bit later in the show so you know, go ahead and get everybody closer to that if you're listening to this on your you know travels through the holiday season uh happy Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving week or sort of wherever you are. I hope everything's going well for you and yours. This is a unique edition of the Locks Pod just because we are coming to you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, but that does not mean it is not the best time of the week. So we're very excited to do that. We begin, as we always do, with a quick look back at the week that was Tom Fernelli, a four and four week for you on the winning side. Hanging on, still in that. Uh, we we do calculate the uh, the juice on this, but sixteen fifty nine. That's above five hundred in my book. Your wins were: you got the UTSA Rice under fifty eight and a half. You got the Washington first half minus eighteen and a half. You got Indiana Michigan State over forty seven and a half, and you got that Utah Oregon under sixty two. Never a daggum doubt. Chip taking it on the chin there. But Tom did come out with a lock fight loss uh, as UCLA plus two and a half is a loss to Danny Cannell. Uh, unfortunately, you and ITY is struggling right now. Yes. Uh, Oklahoma State plus seven and a half is a loss. Ohio State first half minus 15 and a half is a loss. And the Kansas State West Virginia under 54 and a half is a loss. Again, four and four for the week, 60 and 59 for the season. Thoughts, takeaways uh, for the week. Uh, first, I'll start with gratitude to Kansas State and West Virginia because if you're going to lose an under, I would much rather lose it in the fashion I lost that one in which I had I didn't have to pay any attention past halftime. I knew that <laughs> one was dead. Always appreciate that. Other than that, uh, I mean, just not a great week overall. 
upset that I was one of four lock fight losses to Danny. Lock unity struggled. But Chip, did you know that that lock fight between us this week was the first one we've had all season long? I I actually did know that. I was uh, scanning some of the um, the lock fight and lock agreement statistics. I'm, I'm putting together a uh, a big breakdown before we get into the bowl season. I want to see what the uh, what fights went one way or the other. What agreements were the most popular? Uh, I believe that with Bud and I losing on Michigan State, we fall to ten and six. The most profitable lock agreement is the Chip Bud agreement. You and I do had no lock fights. I I guess it's because uh, I don't know. Just, just in, it's just feeling the same way about this. I am undefeated against you, though. Just you are undefeated. All right, <laughs> let's let's talk about it. I already said that you know I was very excited to find out that these do count as charitable contributions. Being able to help Danny in his effort to get back above five hundred, <laughs> uh, giving him those lock fight losses, drop them in the Salvation Army bin. It's a two and seven daggum week uh, for your boy. The lone wins, Louisville minus three and a half against NC State, and the Boise Wyoming under 44 and a half, which, gentlemen, I don't know if you all saw the way that Boise and Wyoming ended, but what a ride for the under. And it, we've got the Cover 3 podcast actually tweeted the ending of it, so make sure you can scan back and look at that. The losses were many, TCU minus two and a half, and the TCU Baylor over 58. That was the two for one lock fight with Danny. Georgia minus 22 and a half against Kentucky. That was a lock fight loss with Danny. Michigan State minus 10. That was a lock agreement loss with Bud. The Utah Oregon over 62. That was a lock fight loss to Tom. The UNITY. I was right there with Oklahoma State plus seven and a half. And Circle the Dragon Saturday did not come through. UAB does not cover 14 and a half. Two and seven on the week is brutal. Still above 500, still profitable, even with the juice at 51 and 46 for the week. Danny got, I mean, just just stacking them. Uh, lock fight win, Baylor plus two and a half. Lock fight win, TCU Baylor under 58. Which, which by the way, the combined points of those lock fight wins is what? Three? Right? <laughs> I mean, I yeah, we we came in like sweating every single moment of uh, that game. Kentucky, I never doubted. Kentucky plus 22 and a half. There's a never in doubt uh, for, for Danny Cannell on there. Also getting the lock fight win with USC minus two. Uh, Clemson minus 18 is a win. Arkansas plus two and a half is a win. Vandy plus 14 and a half. Uh, Barton sent along his his uh, thanks to Danny Cannell for riding for his doors. The Ole Miss Arkansas under 64 is a loss. UAB plus 14 and a half is a loss. That You are also on Oklahoma State and the Illinois Michigan over 40 and a half is a loss. Seven and four gets you to forty nine and sixty five on the season. Um, is this this it? We're, this, we're, this start. Start. Yeah. This, this, this the start. The start of the comeback. It's coming right now. I'm on my way back. I'm going to come all the way back. Finish this thing above five hundred, uh, and it all started then. By the way, the Boise State Wyoming. I was texting you about why in the world did Wyoming let a quarterback who was three of fifteen with zero touchdowns, two interceptions, thirty yards passing on the night. Just, just say sling. YOLO. Let's yeah. just try to win the game <laughs> instead of kicking the field goal to go to overtime. Don't get me started on that one. But I am starting to see the board better. I feel really good about this weekend, too. So you guys better watch out. You may not want to fight this week. Ooh. Maybe we will. I don't know. Some, some threats from Danny yeah. Cannell. And uh, by the way, all the success is why the bosses, they heard about this past week. They said, let's make him a nice background at the office. <laughs> <laughs> They're watching. 
No, listen, we, we have already discussed this. Danny just had to get out from the construction zone. Danny needed to clear. That's what you needed is you needed to mm. clear your head. Exactly. You needed to be able to see the board without the hammers and the drills in the background. Uh, Bud, it's a four and five week for you. The wins included Tulane minus three, UCLA team total over 37, Clemson minus 18, and Kansas State minus seven and a half. The losses were a USF team total under 23, Michigan minus 17 and a half, Michigan State minus 10, Bedlam over 66, and James Madison minus eight and a half. Four and five for the week has you at 73 and 57 for the season. Uh, what were the big takeaways from Bud Island? Yeah, I, I still feel like I'm seeing the board really well. Uh, the, the market moved to me uh, on, I think, what, seven of the nine. It was even on one and it went against me on one. I mean, USF under was obviously a, a terrible pick. Shout out Travis Trickett for scoring 42 points with you know, two receivers who look like me and a fourth string true freshman backup quarterback on short rest. But I, knowing what you know before the game, I'd bet that again. JMU, Georgia State got two fumble sixes against them and they still almost covered it. So um, I'd probably take that one again. Losing trust in Michigan State rapidly. So that's that's the one I think I'd probably like to have back. Uh, they just second week in a row that they get up comfortably and just completely blow it. Uh, I, I do want to say, by the way, <clears throat> For this week, there are some games that you need to think about when you put your bets in. Mm. For in, for instance, right, if Baylor beats Texas, Kansas State does not need the game over Kansas to go to the Big 12 title game. Like I'm not saying that spread will move a lot, but it might move some if 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 Baylor pulls the upset over Texas because then obviously KSU has the um, tiebreaker over Baylor. They would be the only two remaining. You know, three loss teams in the leagues that would give Texas its fourth loss. And there are a couple situations like that, too. So a couple situations you got to pay attention this weekend where teams don't need the game to accomplish their big goals. UTSA, for instance, last year they did this. Recall they played North Texas and lost to North Texas in week 13 last year and turned around and beat them uh, when they had to you know, like turn around and won the conference title game. So uh, kind of pay attention you know, to what is happening and when you put your bets in, because you may find some line value if certain outcomes happen. There are some positions on the board where at the kickoff, everything will be set is what you're saying. Like like the, the circumstances of some of these conference title tiebreakers will change based on Friday's action into Saturday or an early day action into late night action. Is that what you're saying? Yep, exactly right. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. We got week 12 in the books. We look ahead to week 13, rivalry week. Gentlemen, y'all ready to lock it up? Yes, sir. Since 2005, the under the games between service companies is 40 Nine and one. You made over in this one as well. A little two for one special. I was sick of last week. Y'all were watching Yu-Gi-Oh. I was live betting the hell out of ULN Kentucky. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every every point, every cover. I need to know that the dentist is going to weigh in on the egg bowl. Oh, he is. Okay, because if, for those who have been with us a long time, you will remember that the legendary egg bowl middle involved 
the imitation of a dog urinating on a fire hydrant, a game-changing penalty, and a result that allowed a season win total and an individual game hedge to cash at the same time. The dentist was able to buy four more drills, three more nitrous masks, and an extra cubicle to take over the other dentist that he was sharing an office with, thanks to the Egg Bowl middle. So I'm glad that as we look at the lone Thursday night game uh, in college football, Mississippi State at Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi, Ole Miss favored by two over under of 59. Very happy to know that the dentist has some thoughts on the Egg Bowl. He does. Let's go right to him. Uh, God, I told, this, I told this dude I'm sick. He's going to make me read like three paragraphs of analysis here. <laughs> All right. I guess I will attempt to handicap this Egg Bowl. The people and myself will want to bet on it since it is the only Thursday college football game. Before the Kiffin drama, I think this was a really good matchup for Ole Miss. Their, their dinky 3-2-6 defense usually struggles against teams with a strong rushing attack and mobile quarterback, Arkansas, Bama, etc., State weighs in at 130 in the nation in rushing offense. Whoa. And Rodgers is no Bryce Young or KJ Jefferson. However, every single intangible points to Mississippi State. The Ole Miss season has taken a wrong turn, as Elliot Robertson likes to say. Ole Miss is coming off a short week, an embarrassing effort at Arkansas, which they were fortunate to score in the last minute to ruin our under. Uh, Mississippi State has had plenty of rest in basically two weeks. They played an FCS team last week uh, to prep. Ole Miss is a transfer slash out-of-state heavy team while Mississippi State is much heavier with Mississippi players who will care about this game. Mike Leach still looking for his first Egg Bowl uh, win uh, while Kiffin has both feet out the door. I can't imagine Ole Miss is very prepared for this game mentally and it also looks like it will rain a lot. All of the motivations and intangibles are on my Mississippi State side here so Mississippi State plus two is my play. The only reason I won't make this my biggest bet of the year is (laughs) is if Ole Miss shows up to play but they do match up well and should win. But that is a huge if here. Safe bet is Mississippi State. Tooth emoji. Lock emoji. See you on Friday for the emergency pod. <laughs> <laughs> Another intangible about this, too, is it's like Mike Leach kind of needs to win this game. Like if he starts off and, and loses again to Ole Miss, especially if it's an Ole Miss that might be on the verge of losing lane to another job, that kind of you know starts making you wonder. He's just lost his AD. He hasn't beaten your state rival. How much more time is he going to get there? Mm. Well, little leech backed into a corner. Well, anybody going to throw a lock on it? I mean, can I throw a sprinkle on it right now? Oh, there, you have to wait for the end of the show. I'll All throw right, a lock on it. Dennis and I had some success last week together. As he mentioned, we were on both sides. The total and Arkansas plus two and a half. We won one of them. I'll go ahead and take Mississippi State. Give me those points. I For everything he said, I think it's absolutely spot on, too. I mean, even if Lane goes in and says there's no offer on the table, I got to believe there's a lot of questions. And the coach, coach speak distractions are abound there in Oxford. I think it'll – and you got – you got Mike Leach with an opportunity to get that first egg ball win. I think they're going to feel like, hey, this is our opportunity. I think they make the most of it. So I'll go ahead and take Mississippi State. Little lock agreement from Danny Cannell and the dentist. Friday, a lot, lot of action gets you started uh, through the day. We got a doubleheader on CBS, baby. Um, but first, let's go ranked on ranked to lane at Cincinnati. Cincinnati favored by two over under a 46 and a half. Who's got to play on this one? I'll take the Bearcats, and I'll lay it. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know um, how many points Tulane is going to score in this game. I know they just lit up the scoreboard last time out, but that was against a, a non-existent defense and in a situation where we had to think that anybody was going to be able to uh, score against SMU, particularly in Yulman Stadium. Cincinnati's very, very disciplined. They've got a really good pass rush. And I think that in this spot, we start to look again at Luke Fickle and be reminded of you know what he's done to be able to build that into the class of the American Athletic Conference. It's a really short number. It's a very low uh, spread, 46, low total, 46 and a half. I like the home team to be able to cover and win this thing by at least a field goal. So you said we haven't had a fight all year? Ooh, no, Tom and I haven't. You and I have. Oh. Who's, who's winning our, our, our fight stuff? So right now, a Bud Chip fight. Well, here, let me, I'll look it up while we. Fight, 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 fight. Chip, Chip is 1-0. Yeah, Chip has won the one lock fight against Bud. Let's get back to even. All right, let's go. Give, give me Tulane plus two and a half. Uh, like both teams need this game, obviously, to go to the American Championship game. Um, I think that. Tulane has a major quarterback edge here because Ben Bryant left the game against Temple with an injury. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, While Cincinnati fans have been clamoring for the backup, who is a highly rated kid, I think it scares me a little bit that the staff has still not played the backup. Um, And I I do think Tulane's defense is for real. And I think they actually have the coaching edge in this matchup. I I like Tulane's staff better than Cincinnati's staff, even though I know Fickle's a more accomplished head coach. So give me Tulane to go on the road here and, and get the W. Chris Hampton, fan club president, Bud Elliott, out here ready to roll with the wave. Uh, You mentioned the Baylor-Texas game earlier. That game is also at noon. Texas at home. Baylor, an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. Anybody got to play for Baylor-Texas? I do. Okay. Lamb. Texas is a wagon right now. We saw last week what it was able to do in that game. It just kind of took out the frustration from the TS- TCU lost. I feel like it's taken out the frustration from a lot of close games and a lot of losses so far in the season. And I just think that, as I've talked about in the last few weeks, I don't like Baylor very much. I don't think Baylor is that good. And I think that this is another instance where Texas is going to be able to get up and kind of not, I don't want to say blow them out, but I think Texas will be in control of this one. I don't think Baylor defensively, it's a terrible run defense. I think Bijan's going to put up a monster performance. I think that'll open things up for Quinn Ewers in the passing game. And I just don't know that Baylor has enough right now offensively to keep pace. So give me the horns minus eight and a half. Lock it up. Woo! I do like I do like being in agreement more than I like fighting. Um, by the way, Texas at this point will still think they have a chance to get to the Big 12 championship game, right? Mm-hmm. Kansas State plays mm-hmm. later. I think that kind of hope hanging out there. Also, I think you got to look at what Baylor went through last week. Devastating loss, had that thing. They're going to be a little bit emotionally drained from that performance. I don't know if you're going to get their best shot. I think you're going to get a healthy dose of Bijan. So give me the Longhorns and Lamb as well. We've got a Missouri team at home. Alpha Nerd just needs a win to get the Tigers bowl eligible. Arkansas in town after punching their ticket with a win against Ole Miss. It is the the back end of a doubleheader. Boise State and Utah State is the first game on that Friday at uh, CBS doubleheader. So anybody got to play for Arkansas-Missouri. Arkansas favored by three over under a 55 and a half. 
so the weather here looks okay actually five mile an hour wind. you know um what's the best we can do over under on this 50 best. wait do you try to go under or over no, i want i want to go over I think any, any 55s no there's only 55 and a half that i could see uh, i'm gonna pass it then I, I need 55 to go over um I do think that uh, Missouri's got some questions at DB injury-wise, and but they need the game; they need it to make a bowl. So I, I think they'll they'll shoot it out. I just I, I need fifty-five to bet it. Missouri, Missouri. Ooh, okay, let's go. I get four, four and a half. What's the best number I can get? Three, three. Oh, <laughs> scratch it, scratch that from the record. I don't know. I got to get rid of this bogus thing I use. I'm I don't want to sell them under the. I need to find a better. Never mind. I'm a little irritated. <laughs> Instacart some screens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, get yourself a new odds board to look at. Stricken from the record. Um, we, we still think Missouri's run defense is pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's going to give them, I think, their best chance there. No lock from me, though. Uh, on Friday in Keenan Stadium, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, a couple of a wounded wolf and a wounded ram. As both NC State and North Carolina enter their rivalry game coming off of losses. North Carolina favored by six and a half over under a 56. Anybody got a lot for the Tar Heels and the Wolf Pack? I do. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> lay them. You know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely lay it with North Carolina minus six and a half. Uh, this is under a touchdown against an NC State team that is down to its fourth string quarterback. They got Ben Finley out there against Louisville because uh, they could not get enough of a downfield passing attack from Jack Chambers, attorney at law. They say that MJ Morris is not officially ruled out for this game, but I have to think that the way that Dave Doran has played quarterback injuries and the way that things have gone, you know, Grant Gibson is ruled out officially for this game, the starting center who I do think will be in the NFL one day and North Carolina while have to be massively disappointed for the defeat after blowing a 17 to nothing lead to Georgia Tech, they are playing at home. There will be a lot of red in the building. NC State does a good job of buying up some tickets in Keenan Stadium. I think it will be competitive, but I think the fact that it's competitive will actually help North Carolina stay invested in getting a win that would be the 10th win of the season and give them a little bit of a better uh, bump heading into the ACC championship game against Clemson. So give me the Tar Heels minus six and a half. You are crazy. All right, let's fight it. Thank We're you. fighting. Fight. Fight. I have a couple bets that I've kind of labeled different names. Like, wouldn't this be so ACC? Oh, If no. coming yeah. down the stretch, if the team that was already locked into the ACC championship for its last two games lost those last two games, nothing would be more ACC than that. And I will remind you, I don't think it matters if people are healthy for NC State or not. Go back and look at the amount of games that have been field goal decision-type games. Miami, they win by three. Duke, they win by three. Virginia, they win by three. Wake Forest, win by two. Again, Georgia Tech had a chance to win by two or three at the end. I really hope North Carolina doesn't blow this. I, I am worried that it's going to come down to the wire, so I will go ahead and snatch up the entirety of those six and a half points. Yeah, I'm not locking anything up, but Chip, you mentioned that NC State's down to its fourth string QB. What string QB was Georgia Tech down to last week? 
Oh, third. But like you said, that was what they needed. They needed the coach <laughs> who was not there and they needed their third string quarterback. Um, NC State did win this game 34 to 30 a year ago in this Friday spot. You may remember it was a game where both teams gained and blew double digit leads. Absolutely wild finish where NC State is able to uh, steal the victory late. But the previous two times that NC State and North Carolina have played under Mac Brown, 41-10 to 10 North Carolina in 2019, 48-21 uh, North Carolina in 2020. I'm, 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 going with, uh, I'm going with Mac in a rivalry game. So we got, we got it, Danny. We're back at it. I'm, I'm, I I'm, hope you're uh, right, actually. I do. I want, and I want North Carolina to have a strong performance, strong showing. But I mean, You know, uh, Ben Finley played in this game in the COVID year. Uh, listen, he's Remember, been around a long time. Was it Hockman who got knocked out for NC yeah. State? Yeah, because Leary got knocked out early in 2020. Then Hockman got came in there, and then Finley had to come back. What, can't put a what price does it say that experience? What does it say that Finley is fourth string for these guys behind Jack Chambers? Like in, <laughs> NC State needed a half against Louisville to figure out Jack Chambers can't throw the football. We, we, well, we've seen ten halves of him. So Dave Doran was saying that because of the this, again this I'm I'm not backing endorsing this explanation but okay. Dave Doran said because of the wind in Louisville they just didn't think that Chambers could move the ball down the field they needed a stronger arm so in comes Finley Woo! all right uh, later on Friday day after Thanksgiving let's go to another rivalry game Florida at Florida State. The Seminoles now up to number 16 in the college football playoff rankings. They are favored by nine and a half over under a 58. There is an outcome where Florida State finishes as the highest, second highest ranked team in the from the ACC in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, Gators coming in off the loss to Vanderbilt. It's in Tallahassee. Uh, Knowles, where we, where are we thinking for uh, this rivalry game? I've got a lock here. Let's go. Let's go over 33 and a half points for the Knowles team total. Mm, dang, that's a really good play. You know, so you, you can think that FSU's defense is really, really improved, and you can nitpick it too because they've played, I mean, just four dead offenses in a row. Miami, ULL, which held out a couple guys, and obviously their quarterback was out. Georgia Tech with a hurt quarterback and then the, the third stringer, who I guess UNC somehow lost to. Cuse, which was really banged up. But I don't think the defenses, for the most part, that FSU has faced have been uh, you know, that much diminished. And the offense looks better and better each week. Jordan Travis is operating it well. Uh, Benson's running the ball well. They got Ward back last week, like the receivers they have. Florida's defense. Um, now, I don't know how much credit we should give these guys for holding South Carolina uh, to what they did, given that South Carolina bombed Tennessee. But Entering that game, South Carolina only had, I think, 18 touchdowns in SEC play. So it really wasn't all that impressive to me. Uh, before A-Chain got hurt for A&M, they were running up and down the field on Florida, and then Vanderbilt moved it on them uh, somewhat well for Vandy standards. So I, I'm i not saying this is like a no-doubter, but to me, I think the odds that FSU scores 35-plus are, are pretty good, and, and I, I would expect them to go tempo here. We, we've talked about Florida's lack of uh, defensive line depth. They've got that nose guard. The broadcast will make a big deal out of it. You know Watson, how he's you know four hundred pounds or damn near. Uh, I think they'll they'll they should go tempo early and often to get in the UF's depth and uh, also uh, you know like what's his name uh, the, the stud backer for Florida uh, Miller yeah. is out in the first half for a targeting. So mm. he, starting safety Rashad Torrance went down last game. 
I've been reading some of their player quotes. They're talking about how the other guy is, uh, is going to be just fine. I'm like, okay, well, that kind of implies that maybe Torrance won't play. I think FSU can get to 35 plus here. I really, uh, Danny, do you have a lock on this? I, like I was going more. back to check something. Um, I'm going to take Florida State, by the way, but go ahead. Did I, I'm trying to think, I, I don't want to jinx it. I'm very superstitious. I did. Uh, all right, cool. I had him versus Miami. I'm going to take him versus Florida. Uh, Lamb. I think the key to this game really is, though, the first half, first quarter, because I do think Florida, no doubt, they're going to come out with their best fight, right? They're going to come out. We can upset. We can ruin their season. You got to knock that out of them because if they hang around, that could be problematic. Then, you know, you start sensing the crowd gets a little bit uptight, like, oh, maybe this year, maybe these past opponents weren't that good. But I do think Florida State comes out hot, just like they did against Miami. They have done a really good job with Jordan Travis, who, by the way, in the month of November – has 11 touchdowns he's responsible for, nine incompletions. He's playing in the month of November. I mean, they they sent out a tweet and tagged me on it, so I'm just reading it, but leads the nation 81.6 completion percentage, 205.1 passer rating. He is absolutely on fire. I think the trend continues, so I'll go ahead and lay it. I'm bummed I couldn't go. I was trying to get to this game, but I got to work. Oh. Um, so since 2007, only two of these games have been decided by single digits. It is a rivalry that is competitive, but the results actually are not. Um, I think that that's what we see again. We see a Florida State double-digit win. I, I, I'm i not going to just like copy and paste Bud's play of team total over, though if you had to nail me down on the, the one matchup I feel the most confident about, it is that Florida State's going to be able to move the ball on Florida's defense. But I'm going to stick with history here. I mean, the Gators have won three straight. Mike Norvell's still looking for that win in this game. And I think that there is going to be every motivation playing at home, playing at night, holiday weekend, to run this thing up and to try to dance a little bit and uh, and celebrate what has been such a strong close to the season. I mean, we we knew that Florida State, even at four and three in some of those losses, was starting to get close and was probably better than a four and three team. And all Florida State has done since coming back from the bye week is thrash teams. I mean, it's like 24, 35, 33. I mean, they have just absolutely dominated on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think that they're the more well-rounded team, and I think over the course of four quarters, this game goes, again, like all of the games except for two since 2007, they are decided by double digits, and it's decided with a Seminoles victory. So give me Florida State minus the nine and a half. They got healthy. Hit, hit the Latifah. Yes. What if I told you there's one team in the entire country in the month of November that is top five in both points scored per possession and points allowed per possession? And that team was Florida State. Florida State is a wagon. <laughs> it's a wagon right now. Nothing's getting in its way. I know that the schedule's been light since the three-game losing streak in October, but they have absolutely destroyed those dog poop teams that have gotten in their way. And again, a lot of you guys have already said this. When I, when I look at this matchup, I don't see Florida getting many stops. I think Florida State will get some. So as long as it's in the single digits, I'm all over the Knolls here. Wagons. What's our record? Wait, uh, the doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because we're winning this one. All right. I like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, turning no. our attention to uh, – See, that is like one of those. We still got Wyoming, Fresno State late. We, if anybody's got to play on that, we can do that when we open the board after the break. We got to get to the game. Michigan at Ohio State. 
The Buckeyes laying seven and a half over under of 56. Who's got a lock in Ohio State, Michigan? I do. Okay. The world famous Ohio State Buckeyes is not my pick, but uh, I'm on the under because I think that the biggest question mark heading into this game is Blake Corum's status. Like, I'm optimistic that he's going to play. I have no idea how healthy he will be because my thought is even if the injury is not super serious, it was serious enough to keep him out of a game in which Michigan trailed until the final seconds last week. So it has to be something that's going to be not just, you know, you're recovering from within a couple of days, but even so when I try to break this matchup down, I don't know with certainty who's going to win, but if Michigan wins the game, I don't think that they're built in a way that can really put up a ton of points on Ohio State. I think, you know, they are a run first team, and I think Ohio State's weakness in the defensive side is in the secondary, and that's not really something Michigan can exploit. So if Michigan wins, if Michigan wins, wins it's going to be kind of a rock fight, kind, kind of low scoring affair. affair. And, and if, if Ohio, Ohio State, State wins, I think I Michigan's think defense, defense is pretty, pretty solid, solid as well, as well so, so they can they at least limit, limit the Buckeyes better than most teams, teams or, or if Ohio State blows them out. I still think we'll finish, finish under the total, under the total so, so I'm taking I'm the under. under. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, it's oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, getting, I'm getting that. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 You guys got a reason What? You got a little feedback? Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Echo. Is Chip the only one I'm not hearing? Yeah, I'm here as well. He's, He's the, the only, only one without, without it. it. All right. All right. All right. Chip, Chip, I'm going to give you my, my pick. pick. Wait, everybody else is hearing it still? I don't hear, I don't it, hear when it when Chip talks. Talk. Yeah, only when we talk. talk. Mm, all right. Hold on, then I'll jump out and jump back in. Y'all keep talking. <laughs> that would be, be awful. awful. We, all, <laughs> we, all we all still have, have the echo. echo. I still have it. Have it. Yeah, what if, what if Chip's back and then Chip has the echo? Oh, oh now it's, it's gone. gone. It, it was, was Chip. all Chip's fault. What and the heck welcome. is Chip doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I'm in lock agreement. Hey, the, the Yay! <laughs> all right, um, Michigan has several key offensive players hurt in addition to Corum. I'm not sure if they're going to play or if they play how healthy they will be. Uh, inside Ohio State's program, this has been an absolute just mantra all year about toughness. Okay, and just being physical. I've heard Ohio State's practices have been more physical this year than they were last year. Like, I think Jim Knowles is a major addition for them. This is the game that they brought him in for, or at least one of the games, obviously. Um, so I'm going to take the under as well. Tom, what's our, uh, 57. What's our best? 57. Under 57 for me is a good number on that. I like that. And, uh, yeah, I also we've talked a couple times this year about these teams – having little troubles in the red zone and uh, that could show up in this game. Give me the under. Is the echo still there? Nope. Gone. Uh, well, All right. There was like a demon in your mic laugh before you left. Ooh, get out of here. Are anybody else got to play here? All right. I'll take it. Man, I don't know if I should take it or not, though. But I'll go ahead and take the Buckeyes, lay the seven and a half. Um, Michigan, to me, I was starting to buy in a little bit. Then you go back and look. If Blake Corum is banged up, which I 
the injury to me looked like a contusion sort of one where, you know, and he's walking around on Thanksgiving, which is great. Awesome. But if he's not 100%, J.J. McCarthy is not the quarterback we thought we were going to get and why they switched from J.J. Uh, from Cade McNamara. Like, I just don't think that dimension has been there. I think I think Michigan will be able to get enough points, and I don't know if Michigan's going to get many points at all, which is why you guys are on the under. But I do think there's a ton of incentive to go ahead and keep scoring a lot of points. Uh, you know in a rivalry game that Ryan Day would love nothing more to have a little bit of revenge for all the smack that was talked last year. You'd love to put C.J. Stroud firmly in the you know, New York City with a lead on the Heisman Trophy race. This is really their last opportunity to impress. So if they win big, seeding comes into play. Who's the number two? Like uh, They'll probably be there, but I think it's just another opportunity for them to fr- impress. I think they do. I think the offense is too much. As much as we've talked about Michigan's defense is so much better because statistically they are, I don't think they're going to be able to have as much success getting to C.J. Stroud as they did last year. I think they'll find ways to put up points. They have too much talent, too many weapons. Even with a decimated backfield, they've got depth that Michigan doesn't showcase. So whether you're down to the third running back, fourth running back, it's going to be another five-star who can go off. Give me the Buckeyes. Danny taking Ohio State. Now, a reminder on Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, we have a cover three pregame watch party. We will be breaking down the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. We are going to have some special guests. This will be a lot like you remember before uh, Alabama Ole Miss. We had Matt Corral join us from Lane Kiffin's office. So special guests as we preview and discuss Alabama at Auburn, which is the... With the SEC on CBS game of the week. The Crimson Tide laying 22 points over under a 49 and a half. Who's got an Iron Bowl lock? Man, I I, I want to lay it with Alabama here. I just I I, I would need 21. You know, I, I think Auburn is, is pretty damn banged up on the defensive line. But just like what I think Auburn's full go for this game as far as motivation. And I, I don't, I don't know where Bama's heads at, right? Like, a lot of people think Bama will have two new coordinators next year. You know, how, how many of these Bama kids are going to portal out? I bet you a lot of them. So we've already started. Trey Sanders is out, right? I mean, just, but you still get Bryce Young. But how healthy is Bryce Young? Um, I, yeah. If, if this steam's talk, if, if Auburn catches some steam, I'll, I'll lay it with the tide here. But I'm, I'm not going to lay the twenty-two. Anybody else? Nothing. I got. I would take Auburn before I took anything, but I'm not taking anything. <laughs> <laughs> How many points do you think Auburn is going to score against this Alabama defense? 50. Well, they're pretty one-dimensional, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that could become incredibly problematic. Yeah, like somewhere between 7 and 20. And I don't think they'll score three touchdowns. What's our team total? Uh, what's the spread? Fifty-two, or or what? what what's the forty-nine and a half? Forty-nine and a half. Twenty-five and twenty-two, eleven. So it's probably like fourteen or thirteen and a half. I'll find yeah. it for here, Chip. If I can get a fourteen, I'll go Auburn. If I can get a round fourteen, I'll go Auburn team total under. A thirteen and a half on DK. What does uh, what does Rivers have here? Thirteen and a half. Yeah. Uh, looks like you 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 got a 13 and a half here, Chip. Mm. Ah, whatever. I'll take it. 
All right. You know, yeah, you know we got to have a play in the SEC on CBS Game of the Week, especially when it's the Dagum Iron Bowl on the last day of the regular season, rivalry week. Yeah, give me the give me the Alabama defense having a big day uh, and the Auburn team total under 13 and a half. Don't mind the the full game under 2, but then you are betting on you're betting against Bryce Young. And that does not seem like something that I want to do in what is likely Bryce Young. I mean, almost certainly Bryce Young's final game in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Um, yeah, I will go with the Alabama defense here and take the Auburn team total under. Out in Corvallis, we've got Oregon at Oregon State. The Ducks are only favored by three over under a 58 and a half. Anybody got to play on the Civil War? Really? We're still sitting three here. Yeah. Should I do it? I mean, just beeves like on some college football reasons, or do you, are you trusting that Oregon's the more well-rounded team and that they keep this thing rolling? Oh no, I I, I like Oregon. Okay. Um, just because I feel like like Oregon's run defense is fine, their pass defense is horrid, and uh, Oregon State is not a very good throwing team, right? Um. Meanwhile, like Oregon State is a pretty good secondary, but you can run the ball somewhat on the Beavs. Uh, this will come down to injuries most likely, and but like obviously we don't have that information totally. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lay the three with Oregon here and, uh, and trust they can go on the road and get the dub. But it's scary as hell, man, because they, uh, they play really well at home. I think Jonathan Smith is one of the best coaches in the Pac-12, maybe the best coach in the Pac-12, and uh, – you know, it's it's tough here. I just think matchup-wise, more than power ratings-wise, Oregon feels like, like like a better shot. If I lose this, it's probably because they got to see what Oregon does without Bo Nix being able to run, and then they had a full week to prep for, you know, all, all the screen stuff that they threw last game. Anybody else? Pass. Pack, the Pac-12 laws of Bill Walton would say take the beefs. Um, Because it... Otherwise, you've got Oregon. I was going with the uh, wouldn't it be so Pac-12 for Oregon to lose this game. Right. That's like what going saying. down the stretch, you know, knocking another team out. I mean, I don't beating know. Oregon would be a more impressive win for USC than beating Utah or Washington. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, from the Bill Walton angle, yes, for sure. Oregon State's going to win by 30. Speaking of, oh, by the way, we've already hit 150 likes on the video and we didn't even have to set the goal. So go ahead and drop your Twitter handle in the chat. Make sure you are following the Cover 3 podcast on Twitter as well. We will go ahead and hand out a couple of Paramount Plus 30-day free trials for that premium plan. Uh, We will maybe do it again. Let's say if we can get it up to 200 by the end of the show. We'll do it again. So go ahead and drop those handles in the chat. Uh, We will get in touch with a couple of lucky winners. And then if we can get the likes up to 200, we will do it again. Speaking of those USC Trojans, they are at home. Closing out the regular season against rival Notre Dame. The Trojans are favored by five and a half over under of 64 and a half. This is the Golden Shalala. Lele? Golden Shalalee. Shalalee. Uh, the Golden Shillelagh on the line, and so are the college, a college football playoff, the potential of a college football playoff appearance for Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and the Trojans. Who's got a lock for USC Notre Dame? I do. Let's go. Give me the Irish plus five and a half. If you look at USC defensively, it cannot stop the run. 
Notre Dame, since that Stanford loss, has just kind of completely gone run, 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 run on offense, and it has been very effective for them against some tough teams. They beat Clemson doing it. And if you also look at USC's defense, like what was the one thing they did to stop UCLA last week? They intercepted the ball. It's the only thing USC has in its back pocket defensively, turning the ball over. They've turned it over 24 times, but 18 of those turnovers have been interceptions. Can't intercept a pass if the other team's not throwing any. <laughs> so when I look at this matchup, it's like I USC is going to move the ball. USC is going to score points. But Notre Dame's defense is one of the best defenses it will have faced all season long. And I do not see the Trojans getting enough stops to give themselves a chance to pull away. So I see this being either a close USC win or a USC loss. Give me the Irish plus five and a half. Mm, anybody want to take USC? I'll fight him. Yeah. Fight, fight, fight. Who's the best quarterback that Notre Dame has faced? Probably week one, C.J. Stroud, right? They were able to hold him in check. Mm-hmm. I think Caleb Williams is better than C.J. Stroud. I think he has arguably just as many weapons, probably not as deep, but Jordan Addison, what he's doing is absolutely destroying teams. I also... I. I just think you're starting to feel some of that momentum build. There's something special on the cusp. I considered this as a wouldn't it be a Pac-12 if USC lost this game outright, right before they're knocking on the door of the playoff. But man, Caleb Williams is pretty special. The defense concerns me, but I think facing a run-oriented defense will at least give them a chance to slow down Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to try to slow this entire game down to steal possessions, but Caleb Williams has been so tough. I'm going to give it to him. Malayam. The teams that have given Notre Dame trouble have largely just said, we think your receivers suck and we're going to play singles on the outside and we're going to beat you on the, uh, we're going to beat your run game with numbers. It's, it's largely what Navy did in the second half to them when they had to. Um, it's what Marshall did, right? It's what Stanford amazingly was able to do. I think USC probably could do that. Um, I, I just hope I, I hope Notre Dame takes some money here and this gets down to four. I, I would prefer that. Uh, five and a half is not really a bet for me, but I think the quarterback disparity here is pretty big. I, I don't I don't trust Pine at all. I think the offensive coordinator matchup is also pretty big. But I mean, again, like Tom's point, Notre Dame's defense has just been living on turnovers only. They don't really get m- much in the way of stops. So, be fun one to watch. Coming up on the other side, we open up the entire Week 13 Rivalry Week board with more of our locks. Next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 
to review what we have on the board so far. Tom's on Florida State minus nine and a half, Notre Dame plus five and a half, Texas minus eight and a half, and the Ohio State Michigan under 57. Chip Scott, Florida State minus nine and a half, Cincinnati minus two, the Auburn team total under 13 and a half, UNC minus six and a half, Danny's got Florida State minus nine and a half, USC minus five and a half, Texas minus eight and a half, NC State plus six and a half, Ohio State minus seven and a half, Mississippi State plus two and a half. Bud is on the Florida State team total over 33 and a half, Tulane plus two and a half, Oregon minus three, and the Ohio State Michigan under 57. We've got a Chip Bud lock fight on the Cincinnati Tulane spread. We've got a Tom Danny lock fight on Notre Dame USC spread. We've got a Chip Danny lock fight on the North Carolina NC State spread. Lock agreements on Texas minus eight and a half for Tom and Danny. Lock agreements on the Ohio State Michigan under for Tom and Bud. And Latifa looking for a comeback on the Knowles minus nine and a half. Uh, all right, oh, Danny, what? What you got? All right. Let's go with the team that has one of the best social media followings. Let's go with TCU playing against Iowa State. Pretty big number versus a team that has eked out a lot of close late fourth quarter games, including last week needing that bazooka field goal unit to come on the field and kick it through those uprights. Nine and a half. Can I get nine and a half? You laying with TCU? I'm laying them with TCU and Sonny Dykes and the boys. I doubted them last week. They came through. Um, Iowa State's not very good, and I think TCU feeling on the cusp. They're right there closing the door. They're playing at home. I think that plays a massive role in this game. I think they take control of it. I think the offense is too much, and as I said, Iowa State offensively has not been very good. So, oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, can I get 10? Fight. Yeah, Iowa State plus Fight. 10. Bring it. Yeah, this Fight. this has nothing to do with what TCU does. You keep talking about these close wins. Let me tell you about these close losses for Matt Campbell and Iowa State. They drag you into the muck. And while frogs have legs that can jump, if you're stuck in the muck, you can't jump as high. Iowa State loses one-score games. It is what the Cyclones do, and it's what they'll do against the Horn Frogs as well. They drag them into the muck. They lose by one score. They cover 10 points. Yeah, Iowa State, seven losses. Only one has been by double digits, the 27-13 loss to Oklahoma. The other six losses have come by a combined 24 points. Combined. So an average of four each. And also, just another thing, too, not even just Iowa State's muckiness. Let's look at TCU the last few weeks. If you look at TCU to start the year, their first seven games on offense, they had a success rate of 45.2%. We're scoring 3.27 points per possession and had an explosive play rate of 16.4%. Last three games, not just a Texas game. Success rates dropped to 38.4%, only 1.92 points per drive and explosive play rate of 11.4%. This offense is no longer firing on all the same cylinders that it was early in the year. And now it's going up against a defense that has limited pretty much Everybody it has faced all season long. Cyclones are covered. I don't think they're winning, but they're covered. There's so much enjoyment when I beat not one, but two of you guys in a lock fight. <laughs> Just makes it that much sweeter. I say bring it. Um, all right, bud, where do you want to go? All right, let's uh let's play some music here. What for oh the, the, mode. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Is it Minnesota, Wisconsin? It's time to sit mode. Let's go. <laughs> 
little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right, so uh, got a sneaky angle here that I, I feel like we'll get home. We're going to go back. Last week, I, I took Marshall at Georgia Southern. This week, I'm going to take App at Georgia Southern, and I'm going to lay the four and a half points. So here's the thing. You might think that App is already bowl eligible. They're not. They no, they're not. Now, Georgia Southern needs this game as well. Uh, Georgia Southern last week did not have the best run defense. I don't really think that will improve all that much. I'm going to go ahead and lay the four and a half points with App at Georgia Southern. Now, how do I get beat on this? Maybe Georgia Southern's quarterback is more healthy. App's pass defense has not been all that great this season. But I do think they can probably push around uh, the Eagles just a little bit. So go ahead and give, give me App. Lay the four and a half points there in uh, in Statesboro. Well, we've been telling you all season long that one way that you can make sure that you are mixing in uh, some exercise to your very busy schedule. And look at the holiday times. You are enjoying the holiday festivities. You also need to make sure that you're still getting that body moving and things are busier than they've ever been before. And that's why we want you to turn your attention to getting Peloton into your life. Because listen, Peloton's not just about the bike or the treadmill. It's about the community. It's about the team of instructors ready to motivate you 24-7. Because with Peloton, there are literally thousands of classes ranging from strength training to yoga to running and boxing. And it means that Peloton is the perfect non-judgmental space to experiment with new types of movement at a level, a pace, and a schedule that is perfect for you. So it doesn't matter if you only have five minutes or if you've got a whole hour. Doesn't matter if you want to do it first thing in the morning or if you want to do it late at night. Peloton's got a class that fits into your day. And did I mention that the music is absolutely iconic? You can choose so many different styles and genres of music to fit the kind of movement you're looking for. You want to blast 90s hip hop? There's a class for that. Do you want to just ugly cry to some power ballads after a bad day of work? There's a class for that. And if you want a Pride Month playlist that will get your blood pumping, there is a class to that for that as well. It is motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Danny, Tom, we are going to be enjoying the festivities of Thanksgiving. I know that we got to cycle in some Peloton as well. Uh, what's on deck for uh, the the uh, workouts in your future? Oh, there's going to be some cardio coming up on Friday because God knows we are going to need it after what I plan to do on Thursday to Thanksgiving dinner. So, uh, yeah, but I think especially too, like you mentioned, the timing, having the shorter classes. I think for this week especially because you know we are so crammed with work this week ahead of the holiday that just be able to have like a 15 to 20 minute class to be able to find the time to hop on and get those in has been great no doubt little christmas themed class too those are always fun i'm actually looking at possibly getting a treadmill as a christmas gift to myself because not only the peloton bike but the tread is awesome too so i cannot wait to uh possibly just treat myself treat yourself little christmas <laughs> gift little peloton Give me a run to Mariah on repeat. I will do a <laughs> music workout 100%. And you can too. Try that Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. To learn more, go to OnePeloton.com. That is O-N-E for one. OnePeloton.com, P-E-L-O-T-O-N, O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N, OnePeloton.com. New members only. Terms apply. 
All right, Danny, do you have to... One more for me, and then I got to bounce, and I put some others in the chat that I already got out there because this is similar to last week, too. Running out of time. Let's just make sure we get it, but we have two opposing forces about to meet in Nashville, Tennessee. You've got a team bringing a ton of momentum, excitement, and a quarterback coming off a three-touchdown performance, and Mike Wright just salvaging the season. All of a sudden, you get all this energy playing at home, and then you've got, on the other side, the Tennessee Volunteers, just a devastating loss. They lose their quarterback. I don't know where their mindset is. 14 and a half points, give them to me. Give me Vandy. Give me our boy Barton. I think it's too many points, and I don't think it's that crazy. I think they could pull off the upset yet again. It would not shock me. Lock agreement. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> How many games are going to win this fall? Six. Six is how many you're going to win this fall. All right, you're going to Vandy too? Yeah, I mean, it's just like Tennessee right now. It just got blown out by South Carolina. It lost Tendon Hooker to a torn ACL. Its playoff hopes are dashed. It's got to be, you know, feeling pretty down bad. And Vandy needs a win for a bowl game. And they've been talking this week how, you know, this is a playoff game to them. They are going to not only try to beat Tennessee because it's a rivalry game. Vandy wants to get to a bowl. So will they do it? I don't know. Will they cover? Pretty sure. Shout out to Buck in the chat who does drop the history on you. The last two times that Vanderbilt became bowl eligible, they were five and six going into the game, hosting Tennessee in Nashville. So let's go and let's do it. Yeah. Doors plus 14 and a half. I had honestly had Tennessee Vandy over 64 and a half on here, but I would just rather <laughs> root for the um, 14 and a hook and, uh, and Mike, Wright. There's, there's some, you know, if you want to take the over two, I endorse it, but for, for show purposes, come on, let's go. Latifa 14 and a half for our doors. All right. Uh, bud, where do you want to go? Yeah. Let's go ahead and take this to, you saw I, I unmuted by the way, right? That was, mm-hmm. uh, was quality. All right, go ahead and give me uh, rotation 195 on the board. I'm going to go ahead and take BYU and lay the six and a half points at Stanford. Uh, I kind of think that that was a last gasp effort for a dead Stanford team. Uh, BYU has a chance to get another win over a Power 5 team that it actually occasionally recruits against. And uh, I've been against BYU for about, about a solid month, I think, just going back and look, looking at my record. And here I think that they're an appropriate spot to lay it, uh, I think they can score, you know, 35-40 in this game, and and I just don't really trust Stanford to score, you know, 30 against anybody. Dig it. Dig it. Um, Since this is a Friday play, I should probably cycle back to it now that the board is open. Oh, no, it's not a Friday play. It's a Saturday play. I'm going to go to the Apple Cup. Give me the Cougs in Pullman on the short number with Washington in town. Um. This is a, a Washington State team that I've enjoyed kind of tracking over the last couple of weeks. They got lost in the sauce, lost four out of five midseason, but they th- then they bounce back from the Utah loss. They thump Stanford. They hold on against Arizona State after getting out to a big lead, and then I was on the wrong end, uh, at least in terms of my discussion of what was going to happen at Arizona. So 31-20, it was a, a fairly impressive win in a spot when we knew the Wildcats might be motivated I think that this is a spot playing at home, short number. I think Washington State can win this game. Uh, give me Cam Ward and the Cougs in Pullman in the Apple Cup. Do we want to mention 
Danny, before he left, added Louisville plus three to his card. Does anybody else have a play for Louisville, Kentucky? I kind of want to take Kentucky, but I'm, it's not a lock. I'll fight Danny. Minus two and a half. Fight, 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 fight. So maybe maybe one of us will win and one of us will, will push. Um, I think Kentucky has a chance to run the ball pretty well on Louisville in this game. And uh, it's Mark Stoops with a new contract at home needing a win. That's what I, I was thinking. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, I kind of think Satterfield needs a uh, needs a win here too. But they just beat NC State. I'm He's telling got- you, I still think he needs a win here. Oh, 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 oh. what's Purdue doing this weekend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Purdue uh, is uh, playing Indiana in the old oaken bucket, trying to get win the West. Mm-hmm. Needs a win. Um, I was on the uh, you know. Me believing LSU was behind USC last night was um, a, a truly like honest mistake on my part. I just I did not believe that LSU was going to be at five and USC was going to be at six. That was not a planned bit. I was that I was coming in hot off HQ where I'd been doing all preview stuff. I hadn't even seen the rankings, and look. I, I have heard it from the LSU fans, and that is not inspired my pick, but I wanted to at least say that my lessons learned had not to do with the college football playoff rankings. My lessons learned had to do with the way that they took care of business against UAB, a game that I was dialed into. UAB is a team that has not quit. Cannot say the same for the Texas A&M Aggies, and I think that as we look at College Station with the Tigers in town, I I don't know where the number would be when I would even sniff the Aggies to win that game. So even though they've got a total look-ahead spot with Georgia on deck in the SEC championship game, even though they could outright lose this game and still be in the SEC championship game, I I think LSU takes care of business here. I think they win this game. Um, I'm going to get a nine and a half on this one. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Give me LSU. Look at you cowering. I think that's the right side to you too. <laughs> everybody was telling me everybody was acting like I was uh, like legitimately upset about that. I was truly stunned. Like I, I was surprised that that was the, the behavior that the selection committee took. One, one of the great things about being in this industry is that when you say that LSU should be six instead of five, everybody thinks you suddenly hate LSU. <laughs> it's like, okay. no, I think they're one spot too high. That's really all it is. I don't hate them, but yeah, that's just kind of how it works. In and this then job. I was getting grilled on CBS sports radio this morning with the, uh, I'm just like, yeah, but what would the Vegas odds say if they played tomorrow? And I said, well, look, we're not going to let models determine the entire rankings or else why do we even play the games? It has to be a combination of best and most deserving. Anyway, enough Enough of that. Anyways, AM money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go. I think this game's on Friday, right? UCLA Cal? Yeah. 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 Friday give me, game. Give me the. It? No, I'm going to take the under 60 and a half. I just. I'm scared to lay it with UCLA coming off of that game because I don't know what kind of mindset they're in. So. I think short week coming off a loss that's a pretty big loss for them. 
maybe it's a little sleepy. Maybe Cal's defense gets kind of geared up for this one and slows them down a little bit. I just think the total's a kind of high here, so I'm taking the under 60 and a half. Mm. I don't hate that. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. Um, let's go Clemson, South Carolina, under 52. Don't hate that either. I'll tell you what's not going to happen. Is Spencer Rattler's not going to have like 15 touchdowns no. in this game. <laughs> As the one side that I feel the most confident in, I thought about 14 and the hook for Clemson was another position here where you've got a little bit of a, a letdown factor and the Tigers have, have won their last two games pretty decisively. But ultimately, I do think that this is going to be a game where South Carolina will struggle to score. We will see South Carolina point totals and South Carolina offensive production more similar to some of the rest of their schedule, not similar to what they were able to do in Williams-Brice Stadium against the Volunteers. We ride with Clemson's defense and the under 52. Like it, like it. Um, got another one here. All right. Give me North Texas minus, what are we at, 14 here, I think? Uh, all right, 14 works. Give me North Texas minus 14 over Rice. Um, North Texas needs this ball game to make it to the Cusa title game. If they lose, pretty sure they won't go. Um, Rice last week did not look very good against UTSA. I think they'll win this one comfortably at home on senior day. Um, you know, that was, uh, that, was, that was really kind of deflating loss last week for, for Rice. We brought it up. I'm going to go back to the old oaken bucket because now that I know that Jeff Brom's got his eyes on another job. Um, <laughs> Hoosiers! No, I'm, I'm not taking the Hoosiers. I'm actually I'm taking the under 54 and a half in this one as well uh, because I just like I don't know what the deal was with Purdue last week against Northwestern. Like maybe they were just completely looking past the Wildcats or maybe they were taking the week off. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me because they're in a position where they had to win games to win the West. But like Northwestern's defense has been awful all season. Everybody's moved the ball on it and put a bunch of points. And Purdue only got 17. And then Indiana completely came back and just blew Michigan State out of the water after falling behind early in that game to win that game in double OT. I think the Hoosiers are fired up. I I just I don't know about the vibes about Purdue, although based on what Bud said five minutes ago, maybe I'm starting to understand the vibes surrounding Purdue at the moment. But I don't think Indiana plus 10 and a half is a terrible play at all, but I, I like the under 54 and a half better. Coming up on the other side, more of our week 13 locks next. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, I'm tapped out. I am as well. Oh, okay, well then I guess I'll just go rapid fire here. Ooh, uh, spray the board Saturday. Let's go. Wake Duke over 66 and a half. What the hell? Like, does that number not super low to you? 
I feel like this game's getting to the 70s. Two good offenses, two defenses that really haven't shown much propensity for stopping anybody. This just feels like the kind of game that nobody's going to be watching on Saturday. But we're all going to be like, it's going to be the fourth quarter. It's going to be a 38-38 game. It's going to be crazy at the end. Everybody will pay attention to it. So give me Wake Duke over 66 and a half. Uh, I'm taking the under 54 in Coastal and James Madison. Just strikes me as a little, as long as it's over 51, I like the under in that one. Oh, Question on that. Who do you think that that Coastal will sit? Because JMU is not bowl eligible and they can't win the Sun Belt, right? So this is kind of their homecoming. Like this is their last hurrah. Coastal won't have Grayson McCall, but they like who else are they going to sit? Are they, they going to sit the receiver Brown? Are they going to sit the big nose guard? Because they're already locked in to play. I assume Troy next week if Troy can handle you know Arkansas State. I, that's one I'm having a really hard time figuring out because I don't know exactly. Like Chadwell has not had this situation before that I could find. So I don't know what his propensity is as far as sitting everybody out. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they're going to score too many points. And the committee, la- like, committee showed no inclination to put Coastal up top, you know, um, to give him a shot at the New Year's Six. So it's not like if they win, like if they win the game, they're still alive for it. Yeah. Well, but I totally understand where you're coming from on that handicap. I'm just saying, I don't think there's going to be a too many points in that game. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then finally, Southern Miss, ULM under 51 and a half. Mm. Numbers play. All right. Well, we asked and you delivered. We have soared over 200 likes. We are nearing uh, 250 right now. So we're going to give away some more Paramount Plus 30-day free trials to the premium plan. Go ahead and drop your handles in the chat and make sure that you are following the Cover 3 podcast. We appreciate you hanging out and watching live. Watch live to win. That is our, our calling card here in the holiday season. To review, Tom is on Florida State minus nine and a half, Notre Dame plus five and a half, Texas minus eight and a half, Ohio State, Michigan under 57, Iowa State plus 10, Vandy plus 14 and a half, UCLA Cal under 60 and a half, Purdue, Indiana under 54 and a half, Wake Duke over 66 and a half, Coastal JMU under 54, Southern Miss ULM under 51 and a half. It's a numbers play. Chip is on Florida State minus nine and a half, Cincinnati minus two, Auburn team total under 13 and a half. UNC minus six and a half, uh, Iowa State plus 10, Vandy plus 10 and a half, Wazoo plus two, LSU minus nine and a half, and the Clemson, South Carolina under 52. Danny's got Florida State minus nine and a half, USC minus five and a half, Texas minus eight and a half, NC State plus six and a half, TCU minus nine and a half, Vandy plus 14 and a half, Louisville plus three, Mississippi State plus two and a half, and Ohio State minus seven and a half. And Bud is on. The Florida State team total over 33 and a half. Tulane plus two and a half. Oregon minus three. Ohio State, Michigan under 57. App State minus four and a half. BYU minus six and a half. Kentucky minus two and a half. And North Texas minus 14. We've got Latifah on Florida State minus nine and a half. And Vanderbilt plus 14 and a half. We've got a lock fight between Tom and Danny on the Notre Dame USC side on the lock fight between Chip and Bud on the Cincinnati two-lane side, a lock fight between Chip and Danny on the North Carolina NC State side, lock agreement on Texas minus eight and a half between Tom and Danny, lock agreement between Tom and Bud on Ohio State, Michigan under 57. We got ourselves a good old bar fight as Danny's on TCU minus nine and a half, Tom and Chip on Iowa State plus 10, and a lock fight between Louisville and Kentucky that is a Danny Bud lock fight. So 
we turn our attention to the big old cash register. Where are we going for money line sprinkles? Danny's money line sprinkles are Mississippi State plus 110 and Texas A&M plus 320. Hey-ho, Jimbo, get it done, says Danny Cannell. Um, where's everybody going? Uh, I'm also on Mississippi State plus 110. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I'm betting anything in that game, I'm just going to bet you know the dog. I'm not really going to figure out the spread of the total right now. Plus, the lines moved a lot. Uh, other sprinkles I have. Mizzou plus 135 at home against Arkansas. Louisville plus 130. So it's not technically a bar fight, but I'll be rooting for Danny's. Uh, Vandy plus 420. Smoking. And then Wazoo plus 110. Like it, like it. Uh, I'm on Wazoo with you as well. Uh, Mississippi State, I think those are both 110s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go really big here and take take a swing. Give me uh, give me UTEP plus 625 at UTSA. Mode. Let's go. I mean, look, do I think UTEP's going to win the game? No. Do I think there's a better chance than, you know, 625 that they pull it off? Yeah. Uh, last year, like I said, UTSA just totally laid down and lost the game before the conference title game, really like held out a bunch of guys. Haven't seen what they're going to do this year. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot that this closes more like plus 400 if they do hold out a lot of guys. Uh, UTEP needs this game for a bowl. Hardison has practiced, so they might be getting their quarterback back. Just saying, worth a, you know, a little – Little shot here. Um, damn, did I do it? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold off on BC. But I, I, I do think that's inflated. Boo. So I alleged um, that Bud's automated insights ruined money line sprinkles. That the idea that we were counting sprinkles as stakes was very much against the sort of idea of the money line sprinkles, that the amount that you're putting on a lock is not going to be the amount that you put on a sprinkle. And then he explained to me that it's it's more of a variance play. And so I've got two underdogs where I do think that a money line, alt line type scenario is possible, where either the underdog that I'm sprinkling can win or they're not going to cover and they're going to lose by a lot. Michigan plus 240 in the shoe. Wolverines giving Ryan Day a losing record in the game would be amazing. It would be truly amazing. Um, But if Michigan doesn't win outright, I think that they end up losing this game by 14 points. So high variance play. Additionally, what's my price on Notre Dame? Uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Uh, 180 is the best I Yeah, 180. Notre Dame plus 180, where Notre Dame, I think, could be that Pac-12 law of physics that is sweeping in here at the end of the season. Marcus Freeman, what he has done to be able to keep this team from the bottom falling out has been very impressive. I think that USC, like, either USC could lose this game or... They win this game by like 10 points or so. So Michigan and Notre Dame are my money line sprinkles. Let's see. Danny, Wazoo. All right. That's it. We got it. We got them all on the board. We did it. We did it. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. 
Happy Thanksgiving. See y'all. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.